thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. All right, hey everybody. I want to welcome you to today's episode of Bible News Radio. As you know, I am very skilled at these openings. Today, I hit it out of the park. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, hey everybody. We want to welcome you to the show. If you are new to the show, you're so lucky to come in on this episode in particular because we have a very special guest who is going to talk to us today about Israel. He's going to talk to us about his books. He's going to talk to us about what's going on in Israel. We're going to talk about that horrible thing that just took place uh, where all the, the Jews were shot and murdered. Yeah. And did that have anything to do with prophecy? That's the question. And it's, you know, it's a serious topic. Anti-Semitism is rising in America. And I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but it is. And it's not just people who are not, uh, well, it's not just people who are, you know, outside of the church. Anti-Semitism is creeping in the church, which is completely insane in my opinion. Just saying. It's completely insane. And especially since I know I'm a little bit Jewish, just so you know, uh, it really ticks me off even more so. But there are spiritual implications for this, right? And honestly, if you know God's word a little bit and you understand the role of Israel just a little teeny weeny bit, then you will kind of understand why the devil hates Jewish people. Yeah. So today you're going to be educated or as Randall sometimes say, edumacated. Actually, that's what my dad, who's 90 years old, says. He actually, my dad today, I saw him earlier. He asked me how I was doing. I said I was doing well. And he says, you're not pugnacious today? And I said, Dad, when am I ever pugnacious? And he goes, you're never pugnacious. And I said, Dad, do you know what the word pugnacious means? And he's like, yep, you're not pugnacious. (laughs) And I said, Dad, I think you just like to use the word pugnacious, don't you? (laughs) Yeah. He said, yeah. (laughs) I said, you know what word I like to use, Dad? He's like, what? I said, nefarious. He's like, what? I said, nefarious. He's like, he really looked at me that way, too. He's like, I've never heard that word. He's like, what does that word mean? I said, it means evil, wicked. Yeah. So there you go. That's dad trivia of the day. Anyway, also, I have to let you know, we went to the assisted living to see dad. And a lot of you guys actually messaged me and asked me how he's doing. I just want to let you know he's doing good for 90 years old. He's still kicking. He still has dementia, still has Parkinson's, and he still uh, has a wicked sense of humor. He's hilarious. He really is. So today I went and I helped uh, a lady who comes in every Tuesday. She likes to teach the ladies how to cook. Right. Anyway, so today she decided, and, and I love her, and I decided to help her, and I have to admit, but ask me 
if there was some like, really, why would you want to cook peanut brittle for people with dentures? I don't know. But what was interesting is, did you know that you could burn peanut butter brittle in the microwave? Did you? Did you? You probably didn't do that. Anyway, she did just a little bit. So anyway, it was fun though. <laughs> and and other in, in other news, wait, let me just say this other thing. If you decide to cook all natural peanut brittle on your own, make sure that before you eat it, it cools off. Not because it's hot and it's too hot to eat, but because you have to let it cool off so it actually tastes good. Just so you know. There you go. That was your free cooking tip here on Bible News Radio. That's about as home economics as it gets, people. All right, so today my guest is Doug Hershey. He's been on our show before. He is an Amazon bestseller of that brand new book called Israel Rising. It's a huge book. It's like super big. You can put it on your coffee table or somewhere else if you want. Um, But it's a beautiful book. It shows the prophecies that basically come to life in Israel with the land, which is super cool. Anyway, Doug also wrote another book. This is it right here. It's titled, The Christian's Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel, Insight into God's Heart for His People. And this is a smaller little book here. And we're going to be talking a little bit about it in case you haven't seen this before. I'm trying to make sure it doesn't get like, you know, can you guys see that okay? There we go. There's no glare. Yeah, there is. There's a little bit. (laughs) Anyway, this is a book we're going to talk about that little bit. And let me just tell you, uh, Doug is the founder of Ezra Ministries. He's going to tell you a little bit about that. And uh, he's a super cool guy. I got to meet him at the Prophecy Watchers Conference a couple weeks ago in Norman, Oklahoma. So we actually met in person and, uh, and he was super bored. So I had him on today to fulfill his dream of coming back on our show. <laughs> so without further ado, Mr. Doug Hershey is on the show again. Hi, Doug. <laughs> Here I am. Safe, being safe from boredom day after day. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, I couldn't resist. I had to say that because, you know, you've been so busy. Why don't you tell everybody what you've been doing? Oh, man. Uh, I have, well, I, I flew from Israel to the Prophecy Conference where I ran into you. And then from was there, and then I was in Atlanta for a little, and then in Pennsylvania at my mom's, and then I was in Texas for an Israel Rising book tour, which took me to Houston, uh, Amarillo, and San Antonio, and then somehow got invited to this uh, Night to Honor Israel with John Hagee and hanging out with him and some rabbis and some weird, crazy stuff going on. But but I'm back in Pennsylvania, and I'm on your show, and it's awesome. So you're tired because you were just in Texas like a couple of days ago. Uh, Yesterday. Yes. Yeah. Yesterday. Okay. So how did it go with the John Hagee thing? I want to know. Can you tell us? Is it a secret? Uh, yeah. Well, it, it went great. I mean, I, I, um, it, it was sort of a, a divine accidental appointment apparently that I didn't plan for, but I dropped some books off at a, uh, at a local synagogue that a friend had suggested that actually at the right uh, rabbi Scheinberg is the, the rabbi that helped, uh, John Hagee was in, involved with Kufi from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I dropped some books off for him and his son and, um, and his secretary said, Hey, I'm actually about to head over to Cornerstone to meet so-and-so. And so I actually had a book for that person and it turned out to be John Hagee's personal assistant. And she said, well, Hey, well, I've got some passes. Why don't you come join us for this VIP thing? And then there's this, this, uh, private, uh, kosher reception afterwards. Everybody will be that. So I was like talking to, 
Texas uh, state senators and um, and met John and Diana Hagee and a bunch of other a bunch of other people and so so yeah so I'll be heading back to San Antonio I'll be doing some some lecturing at a university there I think I'm gonna be speaking at the synagogue and so just a bunch of crazy stuff opened up that here I thought I was just gonna drop off a book to say hey I think this is 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 uh, I think what you're doing is great here's a book and so off it went yes so very it, was, cool. it was good well, it was a great it was a great night some other famous guy named Dennis Prager was there too right Dennis Prager is, you know, I've, it's one of my man crushes, Dennis Prager. I mean, he, uh, he is so smart and so brilliant. I, I yes. say like, if I could be half as smart as Dennis Prager, I would be way ahead of where I'm at right now. The guy is brilliant. And, and he, he spoke for, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes or so with no notes, just talked from the podium and, you know, I, 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 I've tracked with his show and he does like these little fireside chats where he's smoking a cigar and the whole thing, you know, occasionally on, on Facebook live and he answers questions and he's just, he's very Jewish. He's got this dry sense of humor and he's just, you know, he's a, you know, a, just a, a really, you know, a, I just, I enjoyed, you know, getting to hang around him. Yeah. Was your palm sweaty when you shook his hand? Well, actually I, at the reception, he wasn't there because he um, flew back. He flew back, bummer. but I was like, I was ready with like drool and <laughs> and to say please sign my my arm or something. Uh, but um, yeah. But uh, but no, that, it was a great evening. He was brilliant as always, and so it was uh, it was a great it was a great night. That is so cool. Well, and you know, I mean, it really goes to and there is always a biblical lesson. People, God directs our steps. Just so you know, I mean, you never really know who knows who. You know, you know what I mean? You just never know who people know. It used to be, what was it, like six degrees of separation, but now with the internet, something like three, you know. Really, I mean, it is. That's pretty cold. Yeah, I mean. Only three degrees. Yeah, I know, but it's crazy. So Erin, who's in right. our chat room, she actually said that she's been to John Hagee's church. Uh, she lives in Texas, so that's Oh, cool. right on. Hey, Liz and Melanie, nice to see you guys in there, too. And let's see, I said, okay, I said hi to Aaron. Okay. And whoever else is watching, hey, if you're over on YouTube, hi over there. We are thinking about changing some stuff up here. We might, you never know. <laughs> Sorry, that was for dramatic effect. Can't see that on the podcast. <laughs> all right, all right, so. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, last night I was talking to Erin and she gave me a compliment. Yeah, she did. Erin, <laughs> what was the compliment you gave me? I forgot it. Wait, it's something about being quirky. I forgot what it was, but... Wonderfully awkward. Wonderfully awkward. See, there you go, right there. It's that weirdness, Doug. That's why people stay tuned. Yep, I'm waving That's back. It. Yep, there you go. Okay, so let's... Okay, so people know about... Um, Israel Rising, the book. Do you have a copy of it by any chance? Because my dad has mine. Um, Just, no. You know, no, you don't? I do not. I do not. <laughs> They're hard. It's a hard book to keep around. I have them and they fly out the door. And that's not a, a ridiculous, goofy sales pitch. That's actually true. It's hard to, to keep some uh, nearby. I have the calendar. Oh, you got the calendar. That's I have, good. I have the calendar that you sent me after your last time on here. Okay, yeah, right so... On. Oh, yeah. Here's the book cover. Well, this is kind of the book cover, actually. Right? This is kind of the book oh, cover. hold on. I think I have one. What? Okay. See? Now you're... Hark, who goes there? All right. So I will show you an exclusive. Okay. That has never yet been seen before 
on the internet. Okay. So only a few of them ever made. It is not the book, but it is, it's a paperback. Oh, that's cool. So, I've, so they sent me, uh, but this is Israel Rising, but when the, uh, when the publisher, uh, when, when the publisher sent me um, some stuff, actually there's some different things that are in there. Actually all the same pictures, just a little bit of the layout is a little bit different, but the, the publisher actually printed uh, you know, 10 or 20 paperback versions and they sent me one just to, so I could get a feel for like the size or whatever. Uh-huh. And, um, but uh, I, I think after a year, after 12 or a year, year and a half, 12 to 18 months, it'll actually, I, I think they're looking at talking about going to paperback. I've actually had people request it, yeah. but that was, a, that was a pre-release never seen before bible news radio exclusive all right well liz said i got the book and liked it so much i gave it as a gift to someone that is something that's great thank you liz that's something i actually hear quite a bit people will will get a book and then come back and order two or three more and you know with the holidays coming up christmas hanukkah you know groundhog's day a little bit later thanksgiving whatever it is thanksgiving right tomorrow Halloween, you could get, you could, we could rush one. You could put them in all the little baskets that come around <laughs> when they knock at the door. That would be but, good. Uh, but people are, uh, people are, uh, have told me like they're going to order like, like a case of them, like uh, ten books come in a case, and they're going to use them for, uh, for Christmas or Hanukkah presents. So yeah. I'm, I'm really kind of flattered by that. I think it's great. I, I, I mean, I really do because it's a book that's kind of, it's Judeo-Christian. It is. It goes. It, uh, it 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 goes into both circles, really. And I, I've had a lot of people tell me that very thing is that they they like it because it's it's written sort of as a as an a spiritual um, perspective. So you know, it, and that was that was very intentional. I didn't want it to be too Christian. I didn't want it to be completely Jewish. I wanted it to be historical, but you know, having some Bible prophecy. You know, clearly all connected in there and then hey look at these photos and you draw to your own conclusions what you think that means and how that's coming together and, and so um and so having an orthodox rabbi write a forward at the beginning of the book has really been a big help as well so that's to help sort of cross some of those lines so i've i've it's i've been hearing all sorts of things from all over so it's been great yeah super cool well congratulations i think thanks i think i, I really mean that i think it's awesome and um, and, but now also because you have that book, your first book is getting a little bit more traction, right? The Christian's Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel. It is. And, and what was funny is that I kind of, I kind of forgot about it in the midst of the, the Israel rising, uh, rush, uh, on Amazon. Amazon was, uh, has been, you know, every so often, like there'll be a rush on the book. And so like last week, again, it was at a number one spot in, in Amazon where it hadn't been for weeks. Uh, but when, when the book first came out and I was doing a lot of, I was doing like the 700 club and Jonathan Burnus and, and, you know, a lot of these big TV shows, um, I, I happened to, to look at my other, uh, my other book, the, that one that you have there. And it had made it up to like second in the Messianic Jewish category. And, and so, and it was selling very well through, through my previous publisher. And I had actually no idea that, that was going on. And so I started to pay attention a little bit more, but, but yes, that one has been been uh been going as well so it's about 10 years old i think eight ten years old and um been out for a while but people are rediscovering it which is great well i think it's awesome wait let me see does is there here or does it say copyright 2011 it was originally 
that was actually when uh, Charisma Media picked it up. I had Creation uh -huh. House, which uh, I think is no longer in, yeah. in existence. <laughs> uh, but Charisma Media had picked it up. It had been self-published by a um, by a small little publisher, self-published uh -huh. uh, in in St. Louis in 2008 with a different cover. Uh, and then uh, Charisma Media picked it up and made it look really pretty. Yeah. Okay. So we want people to get this. See, you guys, Doug was so gracious to give me some of these to give to you, but not give, but you got to buy them because, you know, we are, we have expenses, people, but we sell them at a less expensive cost than if you go buy it somewhere else, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and what it is, it's a quick reference guide of sorts. It's about 100 pages long. People tell me they read it in a day or two and then go back and use it as a Bible study or a, uh, a churches oftentimes will buy in, in a box of them. I think there's like 50 of them in a box. Uh, mm -hmm. Churches will buy a box of them and use them for like, uh, you know, for a Bible study group or a home group <clears throat> because each chapter is um, sort of self-contained. So if you have a question about like Jesus and the law and how that fits together. You can turn to chapter four or five, whatever it is, read that chapter in about 10 minutes, get a pretty good understanding with some other study points to it. And you don't have to read the rest of the book. It's sort of a, you know, a topical guide of sorts. And then in the back, there is a prayer guide based on Isaiah 62 to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Cause you know, it's the only city in the Bible. that says that we're to pray for the peace of, but not only do we, you know, a lot of times just don't do it. We just don't know why, or, you know, there's no understanding of why. So that kind of takes you through Isaiah 62 and it points back to different chapters of the book for help of understanding. And then, uh, and then there's also a little section in there. Again, this sort of dates the book a little bit, but, <clears throat> but it's, there's a section in there about things that Israel has done in its first 60 years of existence that no other nation has done in like hundreds of thousands of years. And so there's pages and pages of unique facts that Israel's done in the first 60 years, um, which that in itself is, you know, is, is pretty cool. Yeah, well, that for me, that's the big selling point. That would be a total selling point right there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's super cool. I mean, and, and some yeah. of them are, you know, since, you know, since 10 years ago, I mean, we're at the 70th anniversary and I was writing that from the perspective of 10 years ago and 60th anniversary. I mean, there's been plenty more advancements to, uh, to add to it. And so... I've actually been considering doing a, a second edition of that book and adding a couple chapters and updating the um, uh, updating some of those those numbers and facts and figures and and of things that Israel's done in its first seventy or seventy five years that um, no other nation has done and just updating the info. Well, here's the thing: now would be the time to do it when you're hot. You know what I mean? Seriously, <laughs> hit them when they're hot. Yeah. And right. I will say to everybody, if you guys want to get this book right now, okay, I'm going to just do this for this show only. Um, I have, I only have a couple of these books left, the Spheres Prayer one. I've been selling this one for $15 alone, but if you want to get both of these, I can sell them both to you for $15, okay? Both of these books. What a deal! Yeah, it is a deal, but if for some reason I run out of the Fearless Prayer book, I have plenty of these. I'll just sell this one to you for $9. How's that? Because that's $1 under what you can get it on Amazon. And I'll include that. I'll include free shipping. How's that? Okay. So it's actually cheaper for you because I'll pay for the shipping too. Okay. So nine bucks for this one alone. That's free shipping and 15 for both of these. Okay. You can just go to our website, click through to buy this one. And if you don't want this one, just say this one or request two or three of them and I'll send those to you. How's that? There you go. Right Good there. Good plan. Yeah. No, seriously. I, I love it because... There are so many people that don't 
in the church don't understand they don't understand israel they have no clue because because the because the, the church actually doesn't teach about israel very often at least none of the churches i've ever been to do um and so that's that's the question uh yeah okay so sylvia says she wants both of them yeah okay well there you go you know where to go way bible to go news. sylvia bible news, bible <laughs> you know where to go all right she's a she's a monthly donor too and couple of you have already sent these two so i thank you for that but but yeah let's talk a little bit okay we had this really sad um event just take place with the the anti-semitism over there um that just took place and the murder of, of these jewish in pittsburgh people. yeah in pittsburgh <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm so up on the news i'm on the peanut brittle news right now that's still on my mind a little bit but yeah in right. pittsburgh um, and you know, before the show, we were talking a little about, bit about, um, you know, I asked you if you'd share your take on it because you're more of an expert on that than I am. Um, so tell us, tell us what your thoughts are on that because I posted on my Facebook, um, a couple of days ago that, that this type of thing is still going to continue to take place until the Prince of Peace shows back up. Right. And as you know, anti-Semitism is huge and it's increasing in America. And if this doesn't prove it, I don't know what does. Yeah, anti-Semitism in general, as far as just being outright, you know, against the Jews is something that's rising. Uh, really, last year it rose 60% from the year before. And that is wow. one of the largest jumps ever by... Uh, recorded by the Anti-Defamation League, who's been keeping track of this really since, I think, the early 70s. And so on top of that, it's touched every single state. So there's not a state in the country that has not had some type, at least one reported incident. So there's almost 2,000 nationwide, um, you know, which is like two or three a day. You know, I mean, that's that's crazy of, of reported incidences against the Jewish community. And, um, and so what's well, I guess what's scary about that for the United States is this has been happening in Europe for quite a while. Um, you know, within the past year or two, the anti-Semitism levels in Europe have exceeded what they were in World War II. So places like wow. France, uh, Germany, uh, parts of uh, parts of Poland, uh, Belgium, Sweden. I mean, these these nations, what you know, barely seventy years ago, a little more than seventy years ago, were home to you know, Holocaust camps. I mean, you can still go to go to Auschwitz. You can go to some of these places and the same type of hatred is rising up. Now it's starting in the United States in a very unprecedented way, which is, um, you know, is, is concerning. Yeah. It's more than concerning. And, but you know, the, the other thing too, though, theologically it's, it's in the church too. It, it is. And, and some of that is uh, it's becoming a little more ugly. You know, it's, it starts really kind of as a replacement theology kind of thing where this understanding that uh, or this teaching, false teaching, I, I should say, of, of that um, that the church has replaced Israel. And because they killed Jesus, that um, that God has changed some things around. And there's a new covenant because of our Western minds. We like to think about how that if something is old, we don't want it. That's no good anymore. And that's. Um, if something's new, that's the you know that's the the, the latest and the greatest and the best. But uh, but this idea that God has replaced um, Israel with the church um, not only is it wrong and does it contradict the, the character of God, it's just opposite of things of what the Bible teaches. If you go to Jeremiah one uh, verse uh, one to thirty seven, it's the first time in the Bible this idea of a new covenant is is uh, is talked about 
And the first time the word new covenant is used, Jeremiah 31, 31, it's easy to remember. But as soon as he's done explaining what the new covenant is, he then goes on and says, if, if the waves stop, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but if the waves stop rolling in, if you can uh, search out the heavens or search out the depths of the seas, then I will reject Israel for all that they have done, or then I will cause Israel to stop being a, a people before me. And so it's really kind of ironic that Jeremiah is talking about the new covenant. And then in the very next uh, thought or the very next paragraph, he's immediately saying, oh, by the way, God will never, ever, ever break his covenant with Israel, even if they sin, even if it, you know, he will never throw them off, even if it's based on what they've done. He will not do it. So if you can search out the heavens, if you can you can measure out the depths of, of the sea, which if you know a little bit, they, they're still struggling to do both, right. uh, you know, then then God's faithfulness is still in place regardless of Israel's actions, just simply because he's made a covenant and he's made a promise and he's keeping it to Abraham, and to Isaac and to Jacob. Yeah, I think I think that's amazing. And, you know, it's really sad to me is that because, well, how do I say this? I want to be tactful. Highly unusual. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, well, you know, let me just say this. Some, some of the most argumentative Christians I know are in the reform camp. I mean, they just, they hate yes. you. If you, if you mention Israel, I mean, I've literally had friends like not friend me anymore because, because of my position on Israel, which is completely insane to me, but it, it just, I don't know if it's because of how do, okay. So you mentioned Jeremiah 31, 31. How do, how does that camp get around that, that verse? How do they explain that away? Uh, they don't, they ignore it and they don't bring it up because it's pretty obvious of what it says. And so, yeah. you know, when you have things where are that blatantly clear, you ignore it. Yeah. I mean, what else, what else can you say? I mean, and that's, that's one of the, one of the things we, I talk about even with when I'm doing, um, you know, these interviews with, uh, with Israel rising and depending on the, on the outlet, if I've been doing some, some Jewish or even secular news sources. I did some for Newsmax. Uh, TV uh, a few oh, months back and, cool. and just <clears throat> some of the conversation with that is like well let's just put the Bible aside there's no other people group that have been on a piece of land uh, for a little while been thrown off for 70 years to come back to the same piece of land to then again be scattered for 2,000 years throughout the earth to come back as a same uh, you know, as the same identifiable recognizable people group that's speaking the same language studying the same scriptures holding to the same traditions it's like it, if you just put the Bible aside, there are some profound anomalies about the Jewish people. And if anything has has shown us about God's faithfulness and God keeping his promises in the last 50 to 70 years is that God is actually keeping his promise and he's doing exactly what he said, which was really the whole point of Israel rising is that, OK, you want to argue about God keeping his faithfulness? Well, he says that. Um, you know, when the Jewish people return to the land, the land will put forth branches and produce fruit. Okay, that's happened. Yep. Uh, the land will be cultivated and sown. That's happening as well. The waste of forgotten cities will be rebuilt. I can show you photos of them. And the the people and man and beast will be multiplied on it. And he says that, which is also happening, if you've been to Tel Aviv or Jerusalem, I mean, it's it's you know, it, it's, it's crazy, you know, with the amount of people that are there now. But the reason that they're there is because they're coming back from the four corners of the earth. And it's something that God said he would do thousands of years ago. And so there's no other people group that has any type of ancient writing like that, not the Chinese or the Persians or the, you know, or the Greeks or the Romans. Nobody has anything close to that. 
And so if you're putting the Bible aside and saying, well, God's really done with Israel, then then you have a whole bunch of other historical things that you have to just simply call coincidences or random occurrences that all fit together. Because if it's, if it's not divine, if it's not God-inspired to have these ridiculous anomalies in human history all surround one particular people group and one particular piece of land, then you've got lots of holes in your bucket. I mean, that's, that, there's, there's nothing you can do with that. It's just way easier to say, you know what? I, I read the Bible. The Bible said this was going to happen. It is happening. And it's happening because God said that it would, and I'm a Christian, and I believe him, and I believe the Bible, and I don't understand it all, but I, I see that it's happening, and I'm going to start you know, believing what he says and stop arguing with it. Okay, now I have a question for you, and I don't think I've asked you this, because I, I agree with you that you should you know, just read the Bible and believe it. Simple. <clears throat> yes. But you're a Messianic Jewish believer, right? I am. Okay, how did you come to see Jesus, Yeshua, as your Messiah? Cause... Well, I actually did it backwards. Uh, okay. I was raised in a Christian home without really any Jewish influence, but I had this Jewish um, thing in, in me for a very long time. And so I, I again, was born and raised in, in the church and um, never really heard Israel Christian, anything put together, but I always had this desire. So I remember reading 13, 14 years old, reading the scriptures and being fascinated by the kings, about God bringing the people into the land, even the prophets. I enjoyed you know, reading the prophets. And so even graduating, uh, by the time I graduated from a Christian high school, I felt like I had a better understanding of um, of God's heart in the Torah and and how he dealt with Israel and why the prophets came and I, under, understanding the message of the prophets and trying to bring the warnings. I felt like I had a better understanding of those things than I did of you know Paul's letters and who, who's he talking to and what what's exactly he's saying and I'm not sure if I'm tracking it all. Yeah, and so are. I always kind of joked it was like if I found out somewhere along the line that I was Jewish, it would you know at least the light bulb would turn on. I, it would make a lot of sense of why I feel the way that I do. And especially when I go to the land, I mean, when I'm in Israel, it's just, you know, it's, I don't know how to describe it. You, you, I guess you have to experience it. But for me, at least, I remember when I'm out of the land, I remember that I feel differently in the land. I feel more alive. I feel more like myself, like I belong. Hmm. But I always forget what that feels like until I'm actually in the land. So when I'm, when I'm out of the land, I remember I feel that way, but I don't remember what it actually feels like until I'm in a car driving away from the airport in Tel Aviv. And I'm, hmm. You know, kind of take a deep breath and go. This everybody says it's home, but for me, it's a, it's a little deeper. And so yeah. So, Wait, so go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's. I mean it's interesting. I'm just trying to you know kind of comparing it to my my upbringing because I my my mom and dad baptized me in the Catholic Church when I was really little, and then they got divorced and thrown out of the Catholic Church when I was like seven, and then I didn't have any religion at all until somebody shared the gospel with me in high school. And then I, you know, I be became a Christian there, but then it wasn't until I was about, I'd say probably 20, well, I had to be, I was married to Randall. So I had to be, I was at least probably about 24, maybe 25 at the time. I was reading Psalm 122 mm -hmm. and I had just met Marianne Fruchtenbaum because her and I went to a group together and... <laughs> Anyway, long story short, one day I asked her. I had no idea who she was. Okay, just say you know, I just she was just another woman in the support group we were in. And uh, anyway, long story short, um, I said to her one day, I said, you know, it's really been bugging me this Psalm 122, 
as I'm reading it. It says here, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I said, I don't get it. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> By that point, I had been a Christian only a couple of years, you know, probably five or six years. And she said to me, um, oh, well, come over to my house. I want to tell you who I am. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and so I, anyway, I went to her house and that day she shared with me what Psalm 122 represented and all that. And she introduced me to Arnold and uh, his life of the Messiah from Messianic Jewish perspective teaching. And he was in town, which was very rare. It's still very rare. Um, but and Randall and I went to that and all of a sudden I got it. I understood. I was like, oh my gosh, this is completely crazy how much. I get this. I mean, it literally changed my life. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I mean, I was on fire already, but then when I found out this stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, how can somebody not believe this, right? Yeah. Um, and all these years later, I met Marianne when I was 24, and all these, now I'm 50. And it was just last year, I learned that I have Jewish blood. And it's just, you know, and everybody's like, oh, you're, are you Jewish? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, even though it's a little percentage people, it's still important. But, and, and that actually is another question I have for you because, um, because I've had this draw to Israel. I went there, but honestly, I didn't have that. Oh my gosh, I'm in Israel. Like, this is like my home. I didn't have that experience. And I think the reason I didn't have that experience wasn't because it's not in me, but because I have such high travel anxiety that I was so anxious being there and going, I was nervous about everything I was doing because I was completely out of my element. Um, but I thought it was cool. I think if I could go there for longer than a week, it would be easier yeah. on my body. I would be more, I'd be like, oh, I'm relaxed now and all that. So, and speaking of that, tell us about Israel, Ezra Adventures. How'd you name your business and what, what do people do with that? Ezra Adventures, actually, as I'll tell you the, the embarrassing story that's behind the scenes I've mentioned before we were on the air. Right. But prior to, in fact, if people get the book, uh, yeah. get the book that you're, you're holding up. Yeah, it's right there. There it is. Um, it mentions about the Ebed network, and Ebed in Hebrew means uh, servant. And so when it talks about, um, like, uh, Moses, the servant of the Lord, or being a bond servant of the Lord, the Hebrew word is Ebed. <clears throat> and so I had called it the EBED network with the, it was at that time, it was a nonprofit organization with the intention of bringing uh, people to get involved with different projects and such. Uh, but for a long, uh, long story short, I wanted to drop the nonprofit status and wanted to just really go for for-profit status. It was really just something that was, I felt like the Lord was putting on my heart. And as soon as I did that, things really changed. Now, one of the things that changed was the name. And the name changed because I had some Israeli friends very kindly pulled me aside. and They said, listen, if you are keeping the name Ebed, you need to know that in biblical Hebrew, it's, understand, you know, it's understood that it's servant. In modern Hebrew, Ebed means slave. So you're going to have a slave network that will be running all over Israel. And I said, I see your point. So... Um, and I, I was changing lots of other things anyhow. So it, it turned into, I just kind of reform some things, put some ideas. I put a little bit more of myself. I'm sort of an adventurous kind of thrill seeking kind of guy as well. And Israel is really exciting as far as uh, just sort of adventure junkie kind of things that you can do. And so, uh, so we specialize in small group travel as Ezra adventures, Ezra in Hebrew, Ezra means help. And so we're still, still this idea that we're bringing groups to help and get involved in different projects. 
Um, and then adventures, you know, adventures can mean anything. I mean, let's, you know, let's be honest. Sometimes, you know, an adventure for some people is just, you know, getting on an airplane and, you know, having a falafel in Jerusalem. And other people say, well, they want to uh, hang out with camels and go skydiving and snow skiing on Mount Hermon and all that sort of stuff. So um, you can do 101 things. If you want to go paintballing and snow shoeing and snow skiing on the mountains in January and then go float in the Dead Sea and snorkel in the Red Sea, I mean, we can do that all in one trip. And so there's a, a ton of stuff Wow. Uh, on, on the adventure aspect. And... Um, uh, like in Caesarea, not a lot of people know, but in Caesarea Maritime, it's it's one of the uh, it's it's a really famous. It's one of the largest archaeological sites in Israel, <laughs> and um, what what a lot of people don't know is a lot of the ruins are actually underwater, and so there's yeah. actually a dive shop there that you can get snorkel stuff and and dive gear, and I've taken groups to go snorkeling through Roman ruins, which is super cool. Who knew you can do that? But and that's that's right where like all of these tons and tons of bus trips go and people don't realize exactly like what's hidden under the water and what you can go see. And so there's just really unique things like that. So we, we specialize in taking small groups from six to about 10, maybe 12 at the most, uh, because there's places I can get people. I can get 10 people into that. I can't get 16 or 20 people into. And sure. so that opens up the country in a whole new way. We spend a time in Judea and Samaria, which is where 80% of the Bible happens. Uh, the news would call it the West Bank. Um, and so, so we do, there's three aspects to Ezra Adventures, the service projects and how we you know, tie that in to get people involved, um, adventure day trips, and then unique biblical sites. And so we, it's completely customizable. It is personalized to the people that are on the trip and, and so once you contact us and let us know what you want to do and where you want to go, we help through that process and then we build something specific to you and your group of what you want to do in the land. Wow. Because it's, there's, there's so much to do in the land. I could, I could take the same group you know, four or five times to be brand new every time. Wouldn't it be neat to have a Bible news radio thing to Israel? That would be so cool. That'd Let's be, do it. That would be very exciting. See if, uh, see if some of your listeners want to come. It'll be like this exclusive little trip and we can, um, you could be reporting while you're like sliding on a sled down uh. snow-capped mountains or something <laughs> that would be fun you know what i've actually always wanted to do not really i've always thought it might be fun is to to uh to uh do uh snorkeling in the great barrier reef area which i know mm -hmm. isn't it's not it's not too far from israel but it's it's farther it's 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 by it's australia not too far <laughs> Wow! Well, just in, several thousand uh, in, kilometers. In comparison to I, I, you America, you looked at a map lately. Yeah, in comparison to America, but I'm, hey, I, I ge geography isn't my strong suit. I've shared this before, Doug. One of the things you yep. didn't, you don't watch my show every day, but I will say, when I was in college earning my associate's degree, uh, I got a D in geography. It killed hmm. my GPA. It was the worst class ever. I, I, I actually enjoyed the class. I just sucked at it. I don't know what it is about geography, but just saying. Okay. Yeah. But. Uh... Well, you just <laughs> demonstrated that fact to all your loyal listeners. <laughs> I should do a Stacey Harp trivia quiz for a prize someday because I'm sure Melanie would win it or somebody else who watches every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she sucks at that. Wait, let's take notes. <laughs> How did you get into doing something like that? I mean, you live in America, right? Primarily. Uh, primarily, yeah. Um, and so, you know, really, again, kind of by accident. I, my, my life is uh, 
an accident lately apparently but like you know much of how i was saying like i found myself by accident in this you know in this uh john heggie uh kufi event that was down in texas which which was amazing but um i have a lot of friends in israel and i was starting to go back a little bit more uh, back and forth to, to get involved whenever i was able to and some i had people say you know hey the next time you go can i tag along can i carry your bags i would love to go and i say sure and then some Israeli friends pulled me aside and were like, hey, listen, you know, there's no reason why you shouldn't be doing this as a full time job. You know, you could be monetizing this. And so um, so I was, um, let's see, three, four years ago, four years ago, I led uh, I, I did four trips to see if it would be profitable by trip two or three. It, I realized that it was. And by the end of that year i prayed what i thought was impossible i did four i did four trips that year and i said god i want to i want to double that next year i want to do eight and by the end of the following year i'd actually led nine wow. and and so things just really kind of began to to grow and now um and then when i put out um i, I mean really it was the, the time in the land was what had really stirred my heart to begin looking at the history and these old photos and and that's sort of where Israel Rising came out of. And a couple of years ago, I expected Israel Rising to be an advertisement of sorts for Ezra Adventures. You know, I thought maybe, you know, there'd be a few people that might think it'd be kind of cool, but I would primarily focus on Ezra Adventures and taking groups and that kind of thing. Um, but now it's really the other way around. I've been slammed with the book stuff, which I'm really grateful for. And, then, um, and the more I talk about the book and about Israel, then that puts more people in the pipeline for Ezra Adventures. And, and so I'm, I'm just... Um, you know, doing my best to keep my head above water. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, here I am. Here I am, a fantastic business planner. <laughs> Go like, yep. I hope it works. Well, people ask how. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with this with Bible News Radio. I was in grad school trying to get a master. Well, I did get a master's degree in clinical psychology, so I could be a head shrinker. Nice. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I had somebody come and say, um. You know, do you want to come to NRB, hang out at the Chronicles of Narnia booth with me, and I'll I'll share some stuff with you, and you can meet so and so, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay. And then they offered to pay me to advertise a book about Ronald Reagan, or a DVD on my website, on my blog, on on Google, my Gmail blog, my really cheap yeah. little blog, where I was ranting and raving about politics. And then next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I'll just start this company. But my thing, Doug, was I threw out the I threw out a fleece. I know that's so biblical, kind of is, but you know, lack mm. of faith here. <laughs> hey, it works. Whatever it takes, man. Hey, I asked this one. I asked. I said, Lord, okay, so you wanted eight, you know, eight people. Yeah. I asked inter- eight, eight trips, not eight people. Yeah, eight trips. Okay, so I asked to interview Amy Grant. Now mm. I lived in California. I don't know anybody in Tennessee, let alone anybody in media at that point in 2005. Right. <clears throat> anyway, I got it. I got, I got the interview with her. So, wow. <laughs> so all these, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All these years later, here I am. And you, I'm learning more all the time. Isn't it great? You just don't know. I could tell you that always feminine pad coupon story too, but I'll save that for later. Mm. All right. First thing, though, I gotta let everybody know we gotta re- we gotta remind everybody about Ariel Ministries. You are guys. Ariel is my main sponsor. You guys, Ariel, A R I E L dot org. Go there. You can save twenty percent when you use the coupon code Bible News. By the way, Doug, you could use this coupon code too if you ever want to buy anything from Arnold's Ministry. Great. Uh, right now, over at our website, you can get the free Bible study on the local church. Just download that. I think it's like 
I don't know, 43 pages or something that Arnold wrote about it. Um, and also they have the, well, don't tell Doug this, but they have the DVD about the Israel tour. You can <laughs> this series, there's a, there's a four, is it seven DVDs? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Seven DVDs mastered and everything, a tour of Israel for only $29. But you can save twenty percent on that twenty nine bucks. Wow, that's a good deal. It's a huge deal, and and it's probably, I mean, if you can't ever afford to go to Israel because it's not cheap, just so you know, uh, get the DVD set. You'll you'll like it a lot. Um, right and, on. And then there's some other stuff there too. We have some stuff from Model Balston, who is a really great messianic teacher, uh, on there. And the the life of the Messiah from a messianic Jewish perspective, a bridge version book which you don't have to sit through 50 cassette tapes like me and Randall did. You can actually read the book. <laughs> and there's stuff there, the Come and See series that you can, those are really good. Those are actually Arnold's online uh, uh, thing. You'll online buy, they were actually his radio shows they put in book form. So those are really good. By the way, you can actually listen to a whole bunch of his stuff over at Ariel.org too. But only if you can understand Arnold's voice. Because mm -hmm. he has a very unique voice. Have you heard his voice? No, I don't think I have. Ah, Randall, do Arnold's voice. <laughs> he does it perfect. Oh. Yeah, go ahead. I thought I might uh, put myself on screen. so You, it's you not... can. Go ahead. That's fine. But but then again, that might detract from the sort of authenticity. It's just like, anyway. But he has a very unique voice. He talks about the side of Jonah, the side of resurrection. Uh, an accent that has been acquired from his, his youth in, in Siberia and then living in, in New York and then living in Texas and other places, including Israel. It's, uh, it's, it's a very unique uh, sort of accent that he has. <laughs> Doug got up and left. <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> Anyway, wait, he's back. Okay, so anyway, what? Any, any, anyway, um, <laughs> the, uh, um, yeah, don't forget Ariel, okay? Oh, and if you came in late, Fearless Prayer and the Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel is Doug's first book. Uh, $15 for both these, but if I run out of this one, because I'm almost out, actually, then you guys can just get this one for, what did I say, $9, I think? Yes. Yeah, something like that to support our show and hello everybody hey paul and john how are you doing john we're, yeah john's laughing uh and sylvia and marty everybody's there okay anyway so the other thing too is don't forget pillars of the community if you want to become a monthly donor just go ahead and set that up over at our website i'll send you lots of virtual hugs and kisses as a result and also um legal shield i almost forgot i want to thank everybody this month who signed up you guys rock last night we closed it we did it so thank you guys for doing that because <clears throat> it i actually didn't think it was gonna happen i have so little faith that guy, i'm such a weakling in the faith just so you know <laughs> but hey it it uh you guys you guys got me my bonus so thank you for doing that and i'm still entered hopefully for that cabo san lucas trip i i uh doug signed up i hope you don't mind but doug uh, it was a big secret. Now it's out. I know. Yeah, he's he's he helped out. He <laughs> signed up. But uh, so thank you. Now we got to do it again next month in November. So if you Cabo, uh... Cabo, Cabo. <laughs> 
Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do this. It'll be, it's going to be hard, but it, it'll be worth it. So if you guys haven't signed up yet for Legal Shield, uh, then get in touch with me. I can tell you about it. And I'll try not to go on forever like I did with Doug when I talked to him. <laughs> Nonstop. Or, day after day after. No, I'm kidding. No, it wasn't like that at all. Or Identity Shield, uh, which is also, if you don't want Legal Shield, you can get ID Shield. Actually, you should get ID Shield no matter what. Um, I know some of you might have your own lawyers and different things, but they're, it's a great service. Just get in touch with me about it. And I will get you in my Facebook group and all that. So, all right. Okay. So we're wrapping it. We got about nine minutes left. Uh, I can, anybody have any questions for Doug? I mean, he's been here, uh, like the whole time. It looks like I'm trying to read this. Let's see here. Gilly Ribner says, Jesus is bigger. He burns in Israel. Was Has Wes a Jew? First, Bufer something. I'm not sure. Oh. <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. Somebody said, our kids will be smart and beautiful. Jaguar. I don't know. Are you, are you thinking me and you will have kids? Oh, that's so sweet. I have yeah. no uterus, so that's not possible. <laughs> Wow. And my husband would really have an issue with me being with you. Just so you know, I, I would <laughs> take I would take issue with that. Uh let's see. Any any other questions? Wait, hold on. Sounds like a great company. Are you referring to Ezra Adventures? Or Legal Shield? I don't know. Uh now somebody's putting weird heap well, I can't say Hebrew is weird, but there's nothing there. Does anybody on Facebook have any questions? Bareface, you have any questions? Do you have any comments, Doug? Are you part of the Hershey family? I think I already asked you this once, but somebody probably wants to know. Say that again. Are you are you part of the the Hershey family, the chocolate people? I most definitely, absolutely am. Uh, however, you've been disinherited, really. I, I've been just I've been banned from no uh, I, I grew up on a farm in central Pennsylvania with a name like Hershey the answer is yes distantly related but uh, Milton Hershey the guy that started the whole chocolate factory chocolate world it's actually uh, really a fascinating story but huh. I'll tell you I can even tell you in a second it's just as far as like having faith and and having the direction of what he was doing and where he was going but um but uh, yes, distantly related, but no inheritance and no free chocolate. So, well, that's a bummer. So, what's but, a guy to do? So, so Hershey's a Jewish name. It actually is. In I fact, I had if, no if idea. You, that's yeah. If if you Google it, uh, Milton Hershey chocolate stuff will come up as one of the more uh, one of the most successful uh, Jewish businessmen of the twentieth century. I had not about that. All right. Now, how many of you knew that? Huh? How many of you knew that Hershey's company was Jewish? That, well, that, that Add guy. that to your trivia night. Ah, we shall. Maybe I should submit it to Swag IQ as a question. Jokester. What are you, who are you calling a jokester? Okay. And Paul said I need to get glasses. Paul, I actually have glasses. They're for distance, but I can't wear them. Be Here's why. Because now Doug met me with glasses. I was wearing my glasses when he met me. But, and I had to keep taking them off because they're for distance. And this is too far. I can't see that far. Cause it's, I, it's... When we met, I should have been standing across the room. And then I would have, <laughs> everything would have been fine. <laughs> it's blurry. All right. Sylvia says she's related to Heinz. Oh, like the ketchup people? I don't know. 
that's spelled right. Heens. All right. Okay. All right. So back to you, yeah. Doug. You're my guest for a moment. Yes. Um. <clears throat> uh. So the prophecy conference. Okay, let's talk about the Prophecy Watchers Conference just for a minute since we got like a couple minutes left. Sure. Now, you met me in person, which was a highlight, I'm sure. Cause, it, was, it was the best part of my week. Wasn't it? <laughs> I've spoken like a true Jewish guy with a wry sense of humor. Uh, no, anyway, what was it like <laughs> to be at the Prophecy Conference, you know, promoting your book and stuff? I mean, what was it like to be rubbing shoulders with all the other big Bible prophecy teachers and all that? Uh, you know, I had just gotten off a plane. I had literally flown from Tel Aviv. Actually, I had not just flew from Tel Aviv. I flew Royal Jordanian Air. I kind of rolled the dice a little bit, if if I can be honest. Yeah. Uh, normally, I've, I'd never flown Jordanian Air, and I kind of it was. I'm a sucker for a good deal. Maybe it's the <laughs> Jewish side, but I, but I get on this plane and I sit down, and anyhow, it's that's a different story that you don't have time for. But I flew from. Amman, Jordan to Chicago in like 12 hours. It's wow. a 12 hour flight. And then from Chicago down to the prophecy conference. And so, um, so I say all that to say is when you and I met, um, I was, you know, I was fighting jet lag and sucking coffee and doing whatever I could to, uh, you know, to keep it, to keep it going. But the, the group was great. I mean, there was what, 13, 1400 people there. I, I did a couple of sessions, uh, one on Israel rising and one on, uh, 10 biblical prophecies that have been fulfilled in our lifetime with not just talking about theory, but we're talking about verifiable facts, uh, some photos from the book. Um, I even had some video of verifying, giving you know, verifiable proof that the stuff that, uh, that God had said throughout the scriptures of what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. It's unfolding right now. So, so a, a lot of it was great. I was really, um, Again, I was really, uh, really honored that a lot of people would come by and say, oh, I've got this book. This is great. I need a couple more. And so people, I had been on the Prophecy Watchers TV show for a couple uh, a couple shows. And so people had gotten it from there. They'd seen it elsewhere. And so, again, it just seems to keep on going. And I'm just along for the ride. Yep. That's, that's very cool. All right. I don't think anybody has any questions. Do you guys have any questions for Doug? I'm giving you one last chance, people, before we go. Whew, I was getting nervous. <laughs> I, the latest conversation has to do with other people liking computer glasses. Do you wear glasses? Actually, I should ask you a list guest question now that you've been on here more than once. Hmm. Oh. Well, what's the question? Do I wear glasses? No. No, no, no. That's not an A-list guest question. Oh, what is the question? I'll give you a category. Okay. So driving eggs or magnets? Uh, driving eggs. Okay. All right. That's two questions. All right. So oh. do you, okay. Oh, you don't driving eggs. No, I was wondering how the, you drove the, eggs. The categories driving or eggs or magnets. Eggs. And you know why I'm choosing eggs? Because I grew up on a chicken farm with 60,000 chickens. So I am ready for your questions on eggs. You are. Oh, this is, this would be really good. Okay. So, uh, you'll never have anybody else ask you this question. I guarantee it. Okay. So here it is. When you, uh, like, have eggs in the morning, you buy them. Do you buy them in the dozen or the flat, first of all? Uh, probably by the dozen. Okay. So um, when you take them out, 
and you crack the shell and you let the little egg come out and you cook it. What do you do with the shells? I stick them under the sink for uh, the compost pile. Ah, you're a composter. How, that How was about that? You're one of the only few people that I have actually ever, ever, people will mention it, but they never say they do it. So you're like a well, composter. Well, I do that when I'm at my mom's because she'll yell at me otherwise. So ah, I, she's you know, Jewish. She I can to, do that, right? I have, so. do it. I have to do what my mom says. Okay. So then the other question is, what do you do with the remainder of the eggs that are in the carton? Do you rearrange them? Do you keep them in the same spot? Do you? What do you do? I pull out the two that I need. I shut them and shove them back in the fridge and close the door. So you don't care. You... you don't care where they're at. You don't care. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I could care less. Did you know that eggs actually don't need to be refrigerated? Yes, I did. As long as you don't wash them or clean them. Well, up. and as long as you don't refrigerate them first. If you refrigerate them and then leave them out, they'll go bad. But if you just pull them, you know, if if you just you know, put them on the shelf. So, like when in Israel, you eggs are never refrigerated. Sometimes they are. Sometimes they are, but a lot of places they're not. But they don't need to be refrigerated. Well, you know, that kind of makes sense because God made them. He did. He did make them. That's correct. Yeah. I mean, we know that chickens go back as far as Job anyway. Yeah. And I think the, the chicken probably, did you think God made the egg and then had a chicken hatch out of it? Or do you think <laughs> that the chicken came first? And I, think, then... I think the chicken came first. Yeah, I think so, probably. I think so. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I asked this question just because it's just a weird question to ask. But Well, I've, I've got a question for you. Are you ready? Yep. Real briefly. What does the farmer pick up the chicken eggs in? What does the farmer pick up the chicken eggs in? Yeah. He, he picks it up in a buck, buck, bucket. Doesn't that sound okay. like, yeah. like a chicken? Yeah, if we had yeah. a hanger, we would go like this, <laughs> or a gong. Yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's <laughs> the buck, buck, bucket. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> all right, people, that's it. Okay, so <laughs> we're can what a what a quality way to end your show. <laughs> okay, we're glad we're... I can help. <laughs> so where where can people get to know you? Where like their web? What's your website? You know, your website people... is EzraAdventures.com, but a, a really a better place is on uh, Facebook is sort of the landing page. The, the If I can be completely honest, which I'm embarrassed to be, um, the Facebook kind of gets a little outdated. Hmm. Uh, I just I have trouble keeping up with that. And so Facebook.com uh, with uh, Ezra Adventures on Facebook or even better, Israel Rising uh, on Facebook or Doug Hershey on Facebook. All three of those are all kind of tied together. So if you, and they are. if you, if you find one, you can find the rest. Cool. And that's often how you and I chat. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> A lot. About, about chickens. <laughs> that's right. The yoke is on us. eh? that's what Texas mayor says. Mm-hmm. Yep. There you go. Somebody had to do it. Okay. You guys. <laughs> All right, you guys. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it I, a lot. And, you know, tomorrow's Wednesday, I think. Yeah, it is. So until tomorrow, remember, be bold, stand up, and go with God, people, because he loves you. And we'll see you later. <laughs>